We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Three, two, one. The Force Awakens or Top Gun Maverick? Force Awakens have seen it more times. Barbie or Oppenheimer? Mm, Oppenheimer. Tim Burton or Wes Anderson? Uh, Wes Anderson. Jake Gyllenhaal or Ryan Gosling? Gyllen? No, no, Gosling, Gosling. The Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi? Sorry, it's Return of the Jedi. No, 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 actually, Stephanie Strikes Back. Okay, Roger Deakins or Emmanuel Lubetsky? Uh, Emmanuel Lubetsky. A Negroni or a cup of tea? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we're live for episode 99. It really startled me for a second. I don't know why. It's me. I did the classic on the phone the other day because two of my two letters in my postcode are D and P. And instead of saying like, you know, Delta Papa or any normal one, I went um, Phenomenon Django. Phenomenon Django. (laughs) Introducing Phenomenon (laughs) Phenomenon Django. Django. And the guy on the phone was, I was like, sorry, is that all right? He's like, yeah, I got it. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's like D and P. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Hi, we are Phenomenon Django, Phenomenon and uh, Django. this is our new single. We're it up. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal dust. Yeah. Like piercing through the lip. We're Phenomenon, Phenomenon Django. Django. Get us on the blockchain. Yeah. This is blockchain, Terry. Yeah. It doesn't help that like the word phonetics is with a PH. It's just like it's uh, Papa, isn't it? For P. Papa. Papa. Yeah. And Delta is, is D. Is it Delta? Yeah, De- it's uh, Detroit. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Charlie. Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, Golf Hotel, Hotel, Indigo, Jupiter, Kilo, Kilo Lima, Lima, Mango. No, no, it's <laughs> m- uh, Mike, Mike, Mike. November, November, Oscar, Papa, Quebec. It's not Quebec. Surely. It is Quebec. Is it? Yeah. Quebec, yeah, I suppose what else could it be? I mean, Queen, yeah. Quebec. Uh, you are. Ah. Ringo? Ringo. No, it's not Ringo. <laughs> River. R is. Ooh. Roger. R. Roger. Surely no. it's Roger. Roger, Roger. S- What's R. it? Nita? Forget about Alfred. R. Is Romeo. Oh, Romeo. Quebec of is right. Uh, wait, S. Then, wait, let me get. Okay, I've got them now. S is. Uh, Mac OS. Sierra. Sierra. Yeah. Um, T would be. Ice Blast. Tango. Uh, you would school. be you, Uniform. Yeah. Uh, v, v, yeah. V, w. W. God, sorry. W would be Whiskey. Yes. V. X. Uh, X. Where's, where's V? Oh, oh, sorry, no, sorry. Uh, I did, I did, v, I was sorry, you're right. right. <laughs> Vertigo. Uh, Victor. Victor, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Victor, whiskey. X would be... Uh, of course. X-ray. Yeah. And Y would be... They saved us in the war. Yanks, Yankee. Yeah, Yankee. Yeah. Well, they, they came late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it has to be said. If you want to get into it. Um, and Zebra, Zebra. No, Zulu. Zulu, yeah, yeah. that makes sense, because yeah. otherwise Zebra and Zebra. Then yeah. you, that's why they wouldn't use Zebra or Zebra, because there's two different yeah. pronunciations. Yeah. Interesting, uh, slightly militaristic opening to the show today. <laughs> Lots of apologies to our uh, American listeners. You're obviously welcome. It's a long time ago. We've all forgotten it. Don't worry about it. We have new problems around the new world. New problems of that to distract us. This is episode 99. What other things came out in 99? 1999, The Matrix, Matrix. <laughs> Fight Club, The Millennium Bug, Y2K. Sixth sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And... One more, James. Let's do one more. That Y two K. If there was a Y two K equivalent happening now, that'd be fun. Well, wouldn't be fun. We have those every month, actually. I, what, like a, a <laughs> the world's gonna end? Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the system every yeah, day. happens every day. Every day. <laughs> do you know what? It would happen, and it would be gone in like a week. Everyone would be talking yeah. about it. And then, yeah, last week it was bed bugs. This week it's gonna yeah. be yeah, something bad. else. Uh, I heard Y two K is happening. Nobody very, loves Y two K more very, than me. I say yes two K. I don't ask yes, why. Yes two K. 
I've got all the keys. Well, uh, welcome. And uh, we're going to be reviewing film today. James has gone to the cinema. Good on you. Yeah. Because you remembered that we have a film podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, well, we, we will put out a bonus this week as well, which is that we've noticed that a couple of emails have asked for a Bear Season 2 review, a belated Bear, two season, Bear Season 2 review. I have finished it now, and I will be saying my thoughts in a bonus episode that will be coming later this week. Just a short, sweet one. A couple Before of we get into official business, I had a new violation of cinema oh, conduct. oh well it. not new it's it's uh surprising i've not seen it before large domino's pizza <gasps> oh, just cracked it open no. i remember i saw this person walk in with a large pepsi and a massive domino's were they quiet eating it yeah they were quiet eating it and i feel mixed on it because in one hand in a multiplex i'm like that's firstly i was under the understanding you couldn't just bring that quantity of hot food into a yeah. multiplex the cinema i thought even like bringing you. my own bag of maltesers was a bit on the line yeah. like if someone saw it you'd get away with you get it, but they'd be like we've got you know you've yeah. been scanned by the cctv and there'll be a picture of my face in the office yeah. next to a bag of maltesers but i thought that was kind of the understanding Don't let him in <laughs> yeah if he brings minstrels that's okay but no more maltesers <laughs> yeah. he can buy us and i think hot food because i don't every man you can basically you can order a pizza so if it's okay that does the setting change the rules of the cinema? Was the smell offensive? What, what, what flavor was the pepperoni? And what, they walked in like you know uh, they weren't sitting that near me. But enough uh, for me to know. I think I think I think it's not. I think it shouldn't be done. I mean, I, I saw a film at Prince Charles Cinema once, and some guy walked out and came back in with a full curry. Yeah, like, no, that that's straight yeah, away not yeah. allowed. I mean, this Sorry. is so high on a Friday night at like ten o'clock. So. You're not getting a good curry there. No, no. <laughs> no. Um, I think uh, I just I think it's a bit. I think it, it, it's a. It's, We're very it's, happy it's to have very, like a burger and chips and a pizza and every man. Well, I'm not though. I'm actually I don't like that. I hate I hate that because mm. um this this idea that yeah you just you need to full, consume a full meal yeah for that little table it also it's distracting for you you're not concentrating yeah. on the film as much and it's just distracting for patrons if you're sat there mm. imagine me watching Killers of the Flower Moon you know yeah. De Niro's like you uh what happened to you in the I did war? do it and when I watched Elemental and stuff but everyone was doing it and it's like well this is all gonna happen what did you well, did I, my, oh well, well if they jumped off a bridge James would you do it as well yeah <laughs> like yeah. every school teacher says. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry but do, do you remember that from <laughs> yeah, school? Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, if they jumped off, the oh, would you do it too? Uh, yeah. I remember. I remember the first time a yeah. teacher floored me with that logic, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, that is really smart." It's morals like that that are going to be like the final uh, realization of the film Wonka. It's going to be like treat people with kindness. Oh, you think so? Be nice. Oh, speaking of Wonka, oh. uh, we actually, because of the director, Paddington 3 announced. Yes. Paddington uh, in, in Peru, Peru. November 2024. On the, on the wow. I'm going on tour, Uncle Pastuzo. Uncle Pastuzo. He oh, would, no, uh, Uncle Pastuzo will have written, like, I wish you could go here. Yeah. And he'll be following uh, in the trails the of marmalade thing. And Antonio Banderas is in it, apparently. And I can see it now. It'll be, hello, bear. <laughs> I want to kill Maybe you, Maybe he's Uncle Pastuzo as in, 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 you know, doing flashbacks. No, because he was played by Uncle Michael... Pastuzo. No, he, he was played by Michael Gambon. And so oh, that, sadly, so, okay, yeah, so, yeah. so both on screen and off screen. What's the aunt's name? No there. Aunt Lucy. Do you think she's going to eat it in the third one? They've got to go. I think she's going to pop her head above and it's going to get blown clean off. Hugh by... Grant with a shotgun. <laughs> Guess who's back? Merry Christmas. Paddington, back in the jungle. It's basically going to be Rambo, but it's just <laughs> yeah. Paddington. And at the end of it, he loses his taste Sounds for like marmalade. Sounds like I need to kill everybody. He loses his taste for marmalade and he's just like... <laughs> just rips someone's face. basically I can't actually, taste marmalade anymore. at the end of it he attacks Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant mm. and it's like a nice crossover yeah, it's oh, him growing up and he's like that'd be a brilliant reveal and yeah. like we now watch back one and two and the, the, oh the, the seeds have been there yeah. the whole time and you go back and watch The Revenant he's got marmalade dripping from his yeah. mouth like, this time it's personal <laughs> Alejandro and Yurito is talking about this for decades yeah. before yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's coming out next year yeah well no Wonk oh sorry yeah, yeah it's coming out Wonk is Wonk coming, coming out Christmas out soon, yeah. and I think that could really go either way every yeah. time I see the trailer I go walk in a real line there it's so sickly sweet that I could criticise it the problem is that shit has worked yeah and I can't I can't sit here and be like it's not going to work on me because I'm going to. There's a very strong chance I'm going to see it. And be it, like, it does it's look beautiful. like it has the Paddington touch about it, the twinkly touch. Yeah, but I'm worried that if it like a studio's come in and gone, do the Paddington thing, do it with Timothy, yes. and do it for do Wonka, it with his beautiful face, and there's like the evil corporates in the in the room being yeah, like, well, uh, I think he likes the poor. Yeah, <laughs> but I also yeah. love the fact that they've cast Matt Lucas and Matthew Boynton and um, oh yeah, Patson Joseph, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. really well done. Anyway. 
That's yet to come. We've got, oh, by the way, actually, sorry, just sorry, housekeeping. Looking, what, no. no, just looking ahead. Loads of films between now and the end of the year. Loads films, of films everywhere. There's, 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 Turns there's, out this films everywhere. Lots of interesting little ones sprouting yeah. up now. Yeah, I forgot about Foe, and here it is. Yeah, boom. Yeah. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Foe. Just want to give everyone a reminder who is listening. Next week is our 100th episode. Some of you have been sending some really, really good voice notes that I'm very excited to read out. But this is your last chance. If this goes out on a Wednesday, you have until Saturday. You have until. You have until Saturday of this week. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday this week to send us in voice notes to be a part of the show. I've loved some of them already. There's some really good questions, but now is your last chance to get them in. Ask us a question. Be on the show. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. But it's going to be a very, very fun episode. You're not going to get in trouble. It's going to be fine. And um, yeah, can't wait for the quiz. Exactly. And and we will report back to the rest of the listeners about what it was like. Yes, we will do a debrief. Uh, but you can follow us at Pop Kitchen Podcast on all the socials to see the shenanigans from the big Pop Kitchen 100 quiz. But yes, that's just a little bit of housekeeping. On with the show. Guys, it's Halloween season, and what better way to celebrate than with a horror film? Catch some of the latest horror blockbusters, as well as some creepy classics, on the big screen at View. Experience classic Halloween favourites returning to the big screen, including It, cult vampire classic The Lost Boys, and family favourite Hocus Pocus. Or check out some brand new horror movies, such as Five Nights at Freddy's, The Exorcist Believer, and Saw 10. Treat yourself to the ultimate Halloween big screen experience from just $4.99 at selected View venues when booked online at myview.com. So I'm very much in the middle of a not watching trailers moment of my life, which I don't think will last because it's not really possible. But um, I have this normal instinct when I'm presented with a film that I'm not overtly familiar with to like Google the trailer. And instead of doing that, I've kind of just been like, I know this film exists. I'm just going to go see it. I know like the very sort of broad things. Yeah. It's not going to last because when I went to go see my film, I saw trailers for more films. Ah. And I like saw a trailer, my first time seeing a trailer for Priscilla. Because ah. I hadn't, remember I told you yes. when I watched Priscilla, I hadn't seen the trailer, but I was very much like, this trailer does nothing for me. You have no power here. I've nah. already seen the film, which is great. It comes out in January. Oh, um, oh yeah. A long time ago. Oh. And I was like, well, I've already seen it. Um, and I saw the cast, Paul Meskel, Saoirse Ronan, which mm-hmm. is, can I say for both of us, big draws for us, both wanting to go and see a film. Yep. And I thought, great, great cast. Rumblings of sci-fi. Mm. Love it. I'm going to do a very light touch on the plot because mm. I don't want to spoil it in case people do want to go and see it. Because I think it's got a very limited release. I yeah, think, I, quiet. The, at the multiplex I booked at, there was only one screening a day, mm. which I thought was quite telling, mm. considering, again, the calibre of the cast. Mm. Maybe that's just us in our own little bubble of like wanting to go and see lots of films, lots of films. But I thought, oh, never mind. Um, and for a film like this, that factor of me not knowing that much going into it, I think should really work in its favour. Mm-hmm. But it did quite a lot to not impress me the more and more it went on. Oh. And so it's set in a scorched planet Earth in 2065, 40-odd years in the future. Uh, Earth is in drought, food and water are very scarce, and most of the American Midwest, where this film is set, is deserted, the foliage is barren, Um, they have to endure very interstellar-esque dust storms, Mm -hmm. and they live in this sort of like old-school farmhouse like like Interstellar again. Mm -hmm. And so despite the futuristic setting, the two main characters that we follow in this live in a very old-school, analog house like you wouldn't know that it was set in the future it's almost like you know there's no sort of minority report-esque future about this it's sort of very analog and traditional we have junior played by paul meskel and henrietta Orhen played by saoirse ronan and they're living together and they're in this very challenging environment they're definitely close they're definitely in love but you know they have tensions and they live in this sort of difficult environment you can see that it's sort of a relationship Mm. that has its ups and downs In the middle of the night, they are awoken by the sound of a car driving up to the house. It's quite interesting. It's a it's a futuristic car. It's the first sense of it's like if you've seen like the Tesla Cybertruck, it kind of looks like that, but like in a coupe and it's self-driving. And it's actually the first sense that like, oh, maybe beyond this countryside, there's like a grander future, Mm. futuristic thing will happening. A man knocks at the door named Terence, who's played by Aaron Pierre. And I'll say there's only three actors in this film, apart Mm. from a few extras. It's it's a three-piece. Got it. All the way through. Very stripped down then. Very much so. Um, and he knocks on the door and he's sort of met with hostility from Paul Meskel who like grabs his gun because it's you know, kind of post-apocalypse. Yeah. You don't really know what's going to happen. And he's very softly spoken and he asks, is it okay if I come in and speak to you both? And he, he names them through the doors like, I know, I know you guys live here. And he basically sits them down and tells them that there's this amazing news that they have been selected to be part of a group of people who qualify to join this new community in outer space on a satellite that's in orbit around planet Earth. And it's this idea that 
Earth is in a very bad way. It's becoming inhabitable. Mm. It's not great. And there's sort of this idea that for the human race to survive, we're going to take people up into the satellite. They're going to live in this Wally-esque style okay. community until like Earth, until they can fix Earth. It's not very vague, but it's like we're basically yeah. taking people up. So in case everything goes bad. Um, he then actually clarifies and says, you know, I'm very sorry. I should have been clear. It's actually just you, Junior. And he points at Paul Mescott. Only you've been selected to oh. go up to this colony in, on a satellite. Seems a bit mean. And they're like, that's what they think. Yeah. <laughs> they're a bit like, you know, you can F off. And Terence reminds them of the sort of the idea of conscription from the old wars where, you know, it wasn't really up to you. You have to sort of go to do your part, you know, given that he's got special skills as a farmer. And it's very, quite very vague as to why he's been chosen. But nevertheless, okay. he's been chosen. And the film is confronting this idea of that decision with this relationship and how it affects them over the course of a year. Okay. Right. And I'm not going to go too much into what happens next because if you're going to go see it you should find that out for yourself and so in essence you've got a couple of very big sci-fi ideas like end of the world colonies in space survival of the human race uh, but it's explored on a very small canvas of one relationship and it doesn't deviate out of the house that they live in in the local community that they get. so it's basically telling it in a very small scale um, and even though the film hangs on an interesting dynamic and a development on where, how this is going to happen and where it's going to go. For me, watching it, it just never jumped off the page. Uh, I found the dialogue very ineffective, very scripty. Mm. I, I think I, my main thing was that I felt like the actors, it was like the first take of the day. Uh, you know what it's like? You've, you've read it and you're performing it, but it's, we're saying lines to each other. Start flowing. The juices just aren't flowing. I had a lot of scenes for me feeling very superfluous and not needed. Um, so within about 15 minutes, I'd kind of realized this film just wasn't working for me, oh, no. which is a shame because it's beautifully shot and there's great actors in it. Like There are a couple of monologues in there that feel very unearned and they mm. go from emotionally zero to 100 in about 15 seconds. And I've just got to the end of that scene and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not here with you and it's not working and it didn't link to the last bit. Mm. Um, and I found myself actually just kind of, I wasn't doing this, but if you were to imagine my mind just kind of like cr side cross-legged, looking at my nails being mm. like, yes, like where, where are we going? What's going on here? Until, and my attention is kind of waning because I'm like, I'm just waiting for you to finish your emotional outburst. Um, until the, the near the end of the film, there is one scene, and if you've seen the film by now, you'll know the scene I mean, that really grabbed my attention, right? And it's, it's a plot reveal, and it's a scene that's deeply sad and really impactful, and I felt my heart racing and that sort of lump in my throat, and I was like, God, this scene, all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah. it's grabbed hold of me, and it said, hey, like, this is where it's all going to, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's really interesting. And so from that, coming out of that scene, it's just such a shame that almost all of the film for me just didn't work. Mm. I've heard other people say that they actually liked other parts of the film but didn't like that scene, and I'm going, oh, it's the opposite for me. Most of the film felt like just just wasn't there for me, but that scene really, was really good. And so I really thought when that scene happened, it was going to hard end on that reveal. And as an audience member, I very much had it understood. I understood what the plot had done. And I was like, I get it. I can, I can fill in the blanks. I had everything I needed to piece the concept together. But the film doesn't end. It spends another 15 minutes not ending and just spoon-feeding oh, no. every explanation to what had happened, even though I could kind of see exactly mm. the dynamic. I'm really, I'm not, I'm yeah. obviously I'm dancing around spoilers here. And to the point where the last shot of the film had me eye rolling, mm. just thinking, yes, thank you. Yes, I know. Um, you, you, you had a symbol, right? Mm. Super vague. You had a symbol that was visual to explain mm. your explanation 15 minutes ago, which explained it. You then had another shot at the end to explain that symbol to the explanation. Right. So I had nothing to contribute to piecing it together coming out of the film mm -hmm. and I wasn't going back to earlier scenes going, oh yeah, mm. like of course. I'm just going, yeah, mm. you, you, I guess that's, that's how it goes. It made me think of the film Arrival and the, again, I won't spoil Arrival, but the final scenes in Arrival, it's like an emotional discovery, mm. right? And you can sort of see this, it's got its own palindrome-like mm. structure that reveals itself to you and it's kind of hiding in plain sight. And I think that that reveal enriches your experience yeah. when you think of the earlier scenes and it really works and it's very powerful. Um, so that was like something I feel like has done it just way better. This mm. didn't give me anything to do with an audience member. Mm. So unfortunately it's disappointing. I think within its hour and 40 minute runtime, I'm convinced there's a shit hot 35 minute short in there. Oh, or right. dare I say. An episode of Black Mirror. An episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> 
Funny that. <laughs> that is interesting. So it's directed by Garth Davis. Garth Davis, who, who did, did Lion. Lion. Did you like Lion? I liked I, Lion. So here's the thing. I don't feel like I can give a, I can give a good opinion on it. I saw Lion when I was in, 20, in 2016 or 2017, and I was so ill. It was the last time oh, I was Ill, like properly bedridden for like eight days. Oh, God. And so I was I, too ill to watch something. So I remember watching it and being like, Ugh, but I was also just dead inside. So ah. yes, I've seen it, but don't take what. Oh, fair opinion, enough. Yeah. But like he did that. And I was quite impressed by Lion. I quite liked it. So I think some people were a bit harsh in it, but yeah, I, I quite liked it. nominated for then, the best picture. Mm, oh no, it got like six no, nominations, it got but nominated not best for, yeah, like actors and stuff. And mm. I don't know if it got nominated for best picture, but then he never really seemed to do something interesting after that. So when I saw he had made this interesting cast. Yeah. Yeah, look, so it's called Faux, again, Faux. just to reiterate um, for any listeners, but... You know, those are two top tier actors right there. Really? Are they doing American accents? Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, and the other guy, Terence, also uh, played by uh, Aaron Pierre, who was really good. Uh, yeah. I mean, you want, obviously, it's great that they try to do something new and mm. struck out and do some, some sci fi as well. And like, at least it's a small film by the sounds of it. But yeah. it's frustrating when it doesn't quite come together. And like, the, the, the idea of scenes feeling superfluous is really irritating when like, it's only 100 minutes long. It yeah. feels longer than Killers of the Flower Moon when I'm watching it because mm. I'm just not, I don't feel like every scene is necessary. Also, just, it looks beautiful, mm. but all of it was shot at golden hour. Right. And so I'm going, all of this can't be happening at 5 a.m. every, every time. Ah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there has yeah. to be, you got to pick and choose. You can't be like, yeah. golden hour, beautiful, us looking at each other through the trees. I'm like, yeah, it's very nice, but you can't, it doesn't make sense that this all happened at that part of the day. I had the same thing when I watched uh, Maestro when I talked about last week, which is just that similar feeling of, again, 20 minutes in being like, oh, whoa, yeah. this is dead on the screen for yeah. me. And, and the very sort of script-heavy, stage-like manner, not coming alive, yeah. people doing big performances and you're just feeling nothing. You know, when you see on TikTok, we see those like, it's like a scene from Seinfeld or Friends and it's like how the, these very talented actors bring the stuff off the page and you get yeah. to watch the scene as the, te- as the script goes by. Mm. I felt like it was bad because I could see the lines of the script going because uh, I just didn't jump off the page. Yeah. It's the opposite of that. Oh, well. shame. If you guys have seen Foe with Paul Meskel and Saoirse Ronan, then write in and let us know what you think. Be good, because it's got small release. Be good to get some other yeah. opinions in. I would genuinely what... love to. I, if, if there's something else that someone found inter- mm. irritating or that they didn't like that I didn't, uh, that would be good to know. And then yeah, I try and keep it spoiler free for George in case I, he watches it. I'd almost like to see a, a different film with Saoirse Ronan and Paul Meskel yeah. in. I mean, so I didn't see Foe, but like I'd love to see just yeah. like them that that pairing. Or, you know, Two, also like I'm like, why don't let them be Irish? Let them be Irish. They're both Irish. Irish. Yeah. Two famous Irish. I actors. just saw that poster with them both like between yeah. two sheets, like resting on each other's hands in beautiful like color. And I thought, oh yeah, I'm in. That's yeah. all I really need for us. That's yeah. like an immediate sell. But uh, yeah, just a bit of shame. Mm. Okay, that was foe. George, should we go through some of the emails that we get sent every single week? As always, guys, you can send in your thoughts, your questions, your concerns to hello at Pop Kitchen Podcast. Just like no, Bevan did. I don't know, I got podcast. Just like <laughs> Just kidding. I got just, confused. Basically, I drifted off. <laughs> yeah, he just up. Sorry, do it again. Dot com. Just like Bevan did. Bevan writes into oh, hello, no reveal now. Everyone knows it's Bevan. Would you like me to do it again? No, it's the we roll. We roll. We're okay, live. We're rolling. Do it live. Bevan writes into the show with subject title Killers of the Flower Moon and says, Hey boys, hope hey. things are well. Thanks, Bevan. Hey Bevan, we're good. How are you? I went to an advanced screening of Killers of the Flower Moon last week. Well, lucky Bevan. Uh, and I just think it's safe to say my life has been changed by Scorsese once again. Wow. This film will be studied for its incredible performances and insane cinematography. Rodrigo Pietro is the goat. Naturally, as expected, Leo delivers another 10 out of 10 performance. Watching his character develop from the beginning to end was a joy to watch. And I found myself feeling so conflicted for feeling sorry for Ernest, even though he'd done so many morally wrong things. Mm. De Niro is obviously a superstar, yeah. but if I'm honest, I think this is one of his greatest roles I've seen. Mm. Truly one of his most evil roles. Like this character, uh, like this character was wicked to the core, and De Niro knocks it out of the park. For me, the standout performance comes from Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. Mm. She is a master at work. As an actor, Martin Scorsese is one of the dream directors to work with. You can tell he is an actor's director. I just mm. can't get over how good he is. Ha ha ha. Uh, guys, if you didn't know, we 
reviewed Killers of the Flower Moon two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then last week, we put out a bonus spoiler podcast all about Killers of the Flower Moon. If you haven't heard those, please go and jump onto those now. Secondly, Bevan goes on to say, there's a film I'm hoping is getting a release in the UK, and that's Lies We Tell. It's a period drama slash thriller star- starring, starting, starring Agnes O'Casey as the central character. This story follows young Maud as she has to make decisions regarding her father's estate and how she deals with the repercussions of her choices. Shot in just 20 days for less than half a million, the film creates incredible tension with equally incredible flair. Also, a film made me cry that's not necessarily a sad film. It's Billy Elliot. Mm, yeah, we were talking know, about sad films, yeah. I don't know why, but it always gets to me. Uh, all my love, your friend, Bevan. Um, uh, uh, sorry, quickly, a scene that makes me sad, not to belabor the point, is the end scene of Arrival. Yeah. That's tragic, yeah. without spoiling it. Yeah, it no, was really, really sad, the realisation. Whereas the ending of Billy Elliot is sad, but it's like happy, happy sad. sad. Oh, yeah. it's a great ending. Oh, yeah. uh, so, how do you know the, the other good scene? Billy Elliot. Um, minor spoilers of Billy, Billy Elliot. Elliot. I think Billy 23 Elliot years fine. ago yeah. is when like, the dad goes back to the pit. Oh, he yeah. has to, he yeah, has yeah, to yeah. do it. And the son's so like, oh, God. Yeah. Go on, Billy. You were dancing, lad. Uh, thank you, Bevan, for the email. Always good to hear from you. Uh, next up, <laughs> we delay tactic from you because you've not got it. Uh, thank you, Bevan. Yeah, it's always and great it to hear it if you hear hadn't from called me. it out. This email comes in from Piper, who says, Hello, lads. Good morning. Piper here, friend of the show, writing in again. Been watching you guys for quite some time now and still get caught up on all your... And I, I think you meant to still not caught up on all your episodes. Mm. And I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Really love hearing your takes on different forms of film and television. And excited to see this podcast continue to grow. Thank you. Like thank you, Piper. Thank you. Now onto the questions. Hopefully they are quick. First of it, being spooky season, have either of you ever dived into Mike Flanagan's horror anthology series on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House, Midnight Mass, The Haunting of Bly Manor, etc.? I always recommend one of them uh, if someone is looking for a good scary, so I was interested to hear your thoughts. Have you seen any of them, James? No, but I'm... Um, I'm... Uh, well... What are you? <laughs> no, but I uh, I watched two episodes of The Fall of the House of Usher, is which guy? is also a Mike Flanagan project. Right. So... No, but yeah, well, maybe. I've heard, I've heard, I've, no, I've heard really good things, particularly about Midnight Mass. I've heard is really creepy. Yeah. Secondly, in my first email, I did ask if you gents had any interest in seeing the Studio Ghibli film The Boy mm. and the Heron. I grew up obsessed with the Studio Ghibli and have been trying to give them a rewatch now as an adult. They are all beautiful films in their own ways, and I highly recommend diving in if you haven't already. Thanks again for from being my film friends. Sending you crisp high fives from Arizona. Uh, Editor I work with saw it at the London Film Festival, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it was good." So. I should go see it. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, Studio Ghibli is one of those things I, I, I like like and respect, but I always have loads of people coming to me being like, oh, I love it, I love it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's just a person, it's a genre I haven't got into, I haven't, I'm open to getting into, but yeah. I've just never begun the journey. I've seen um, Spirited, Spirited Away, Away and um, My Neighbor Totoro. Right, yeah. And I was like, yeah. People I, really stand it. Yeah, they yeah. do. They do. Uh, yeah. And I understand why it's important. And like, yeah. I, 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 I see all the reasons, but it's like, I'll get, I'm not there right now. Maybe one day. Maybe, maybe one day. Piper, thank you for your email. This next one is from Nathan, who writes in Cotfum Opinions. Yes. He says, hello, boys. That's Nate- Killers of the Flower Moon. Another yes. one. Yes. Uh, Nate from Colorado. I wrote to you about Killers of the Flower Moon. I write to you about Killers of the Flower Moon. Scorsese is my favorite filmmaker, and I was familiar with the story, having read the book. The film is based for a college class about Native American history. Mm. Uh, this was easily my most anticipated film of the last several years. Just got out of the theater and have some opinions. Just got out the theater and have some opinions. This is a great film. Yeah. About 30 minutes into the film, there is an onset sense of dread that Mm. stays throughout the entire film, totally. The performances are stellar, and there are several images from the film that will stay with me. There aren't enough movies made that tell the story about horrors inflicted upon the indigenous people of my country, and I'm glad this small part of the story Mm. is getting told. I disagree with this film's portrayal of its protagonist, Ernest Burkhart. The film pretends that he has moral ambiguity, when in reality, he was a monster. Um, just a couple of spoilers there, which I'm trying to uh, lift out. Uh, the decision to make Ernest the protagonist of the film required Scorsese to give him moral ambiguity. And for that reason, I think the story would be better told from the perspective of Molly and Tom White. That said, I hope Lily Gladstone wins the statue and was glad to see many of my favorite musicians getting to work as character actors. Mm. It's amazing Martin can do this at 18. We pray we get more from him. All the best, Nate. Yeah, there is an interesting um, uh, gray area about how you leave the film and certain scenes about Leonardo DiCaprio's character it's not a clean cut he's not a clean cut character in any sense for me yeah although I would I'm not sure I would describe him as being morally ambiguous I think what it is is that he he's he, like a byproduct so basically of his he, he is not um, as 
he's not like Robert De Niro's character, or, or no. even the. Um, it's not calculated, really. Or, no, or even his brother Byron's character in being someone you could easily pick out and go, that guy is is evil. He 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 is bad. I don't think it's ambiguous actually that Ernest is a bad person, but I think that's the kind of point is that um it's you yes, you have the people you can easily identify as villains yeah. like De Niro and Byron, but with um what the thing with with Ernest is is that he is um a different kind of menace, a different kind of evil which is someone who is dim easily manipulated with influence and power like yeah with influence in but yeah. so he's been given he's got male privilege given a huge amount of power and responsibility but not the intelligence to question himself not the self-awareness mm. and it's like that kind of br- brutal blunt ignorance that is delivering what he's doing and i think that um i never thought that he uh, I th- yeah, I, I I understand the, the the idea that they've tried to um, give him more dimensions to make him more compelling as a character on screen. I do see that there, but I do think that is Scorsese making a point about a, a different kind of evil in a way. A different he also kind represents of in a lot of ways a kind of everyman. He's come out of the war with an injury, comes yeah. to a new land where there's all this money and mm. oil, but no one really knows how the dynamic works. Mm. And he's been given to someone like Robert De Niro, yeah. who's able to easily manipulate to do terrible things. It's like I, you know, Robert De Niro's car- a character you can kind of fear whereas Leo's character is almost just like repugnant because of his his just mm. lack of sense and backbone and, and against something so obviously horrible. Mm. Um, that's, that's how I kind of feel. Thank you very much for your email, Nathan. On to Holden. And some more Killers of the Flower Moon correspondence from Holden who says, Hi guys, second time writing in. I love the pod so much. Went to see Killers of the Flower Moon last night with a friend and I can't stop thinking about it. Obviously long, but worth every second. Anyway, my question pertains to something you mentioned towards the end of your spoiler review. The choice of when... This isn't a spoiler, I don't believe, in this email. The choice of when to include subtitles in the film. I question the choice primarily. I question the choice primarily during a scene where, the, where there are doctors in Ernest and Molly's home. I really had to use context clues to figure out what was happening. Yet in some other scenes, subtitles were used for, frankly, information that didn't seem as pertinent to understand. I am wondering if you've ever encountered other movies with this on and off choice of subtitles, and what is your Ooh. reaction here? I came away treating this choice as a device to, um, as a device to distance the viewer predominantly non-Osage viewer, from the characters in the story. As a white North American 22-year-old girl from the 21st century, I'm not entitled to claim competence, com- uh, complete comprehension of the Osage people's experiences and stories. And I think the film and the question of subtitles rightfully puts the viewer at a point of tension between learning about the Osage people while also forcing to recognise their inherent distance from it. Oh, great. That's great. Really did, good um, point, The first thing that came to mind, weirdly, was did The Revenant do that as well? But I don't know if it's a decision to like omit subtitles to the audience more that like passing things are just not yeah. said. I tell you what, you mentioned the Revenant. Watching the Killers of the Flamu made me just realise how kind of flat and one dimensional the whole whispery oh, woman in the breeze my Native American wife the, the flashback and the woman turning her head yeah. towards the camera. Yeah, and like, totally. There's similar moments of fantasy and fantasia mm. in Killers of the Flamu, one particular moment. But I think that works really well it's really nice to leave we're clearly gushing about it it's really nice right, to leave like it, yeah. a screening watching killers of the flower moon and come out of it thinking god I'm, that story really needed to be told because mm. you don't see that story being told like no. oh what an essential piece of, of storytelling yeah, what a blank so glad it's in. there yes and now yeah I, i'm so yeah it's I, and i think that's a really interesting point i, I think the, email. the first time i realized that he's not using that using subtitles is very early on even de niro speaks to some of the characters yeah don't see it and i'm like oh that's i like it like you're looking over the shoulder of characters. Mm. Uh, Calvin writes in, writes in with another note about Killers of the Flower Moon, says, uh, I saw Killers of the Flower Moon last Thursday in IMAX. I thought it was brilliant. Mm. Like George, I found myself comparing it to Oppenheimer, but I wasn't quite sure why until I listened to your episode on it. I thought that Killers of the Flower Moon is a better film in almost every way. The characters had so much more depth to them. I felt that the three and a half hour runtime flew by while Oppenheimer mm. really seemed to drag at points despite being almost 30 minutes shorter. Just on this, I mean, like you and I saw it and we're very, we, we had a really good time with it and we commented on its length again go to our spoiler review and our main review and i think it am i fair to say that critics have loved the film and audiences have been slightly mixed on it uh i think it's still only too early to tell with it's still i think it's only just come out as in it's a film that i've really loved and some of the sentiment i've seen online hasn't it hasn't all been glowing i've oh, really? seen some people say yeah yeah i've seen some people saying no oh, it's too long but that's very but indulgent. that's also like 
It's not unanimously loved. But also out like, what, okay, what are people saying about the film that they didn't like? That isn't, it's not, it's, it's, it's not things long. I agree with. And a, a lot of people's criticism is that it's too long. Like, okay, get past that. That's why I've liked the emails we've read today. Cause it's like, oh, yeah. with genuine- Oh, really, it's a smart. Yeah, I, thank you people. Um, not to say you're dumb if you don't like I, I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I thought I've overall got a really good sense of, I thought there was a good reaction to it. Same, but I can, I hear and see the other side. Just on the Oppenheimer comparison, yeah, I have thought about that. I think fundamentally, what it, I just see it as like Oppenheimer is a good film, but Killers of the Flat Moon is a great film. I just, I, that, and I, I, that's how I feel about it. I, yeah. I think that Scorsese, the brilliance of Killers of the Flat Moon is that like a captain of a huge ship is able to steer it with such prowess <laughs> and elegance that it just, but you just don't feel the kind of weight oh, of yeah. it. Like an expensive car, the, the, yeah, uh, the suspension it, it takes all the he, bumping. Because he is so skilled and the, and the whole thing is so well crafted, it, it just moves and you don't, aren't aware that it's an unwieldy beast. <laughs> I'm just picturing just, Scorsese yeah, just, right. in a pirate hat <laughs> yeah. at the wheel. Okay, okay. I, 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 You're I, off in the Starboard a little bit here. Yeah, thank you. Um, but we're, whereas something like Oppenheimer, which is great and a, you are aware always of the size of the beast. You are always yes. aware that it, you know, if that's a ship, you can hear it kind of growling and winding and under pressure and under stress, you can, mm. you can really feel the beast. Um, I personally like it when you, you know, you, you don't even know you're watching it. I think that's the, I think fundamentally that's the difference between a great and a good film and a mm. great filmmaker and a good filmmaker. I'm, I'm sorry. Let's end with a, just a non Killers the Flower Moon email from Megan, who says, uh, who's in an email entitled, Mr. Pulp and Mr. Kitchen, my letterbox challenge update. Nice. Hello, Mr. Pulp and Mr. Kitchen. You may remember me from my email in episode 90, which I wrote while listening to episode 23. And I'm now all <laughs> caught up. Wow. So in eight weeks, you caught up on 70 five weeks of episodes. Oh, good on you. And maybe you, by like episode 123, she'll be listening to episode 99. It, she'll be, she'll be writing it. Yeah. <laughs> I started, I stated that my goal was to log 250 films on Letterboxd in 2023. That is insane. Can we just acknowledge that's that, a, uh, that? Not insane, that's, that's a, a real lot. achievement. And at the time, I was around the 150 mark. Well, I'm now up to 220 and it's looking like I'll exceed my goal. Wow. Then she says something that I think is important. She says, I have to clarify that these are not all new watches. Now, I don't count that. There's the annual Harry Potter uh, rewatch. Right. Um, There's Bridesmaids whenever it's on TV. So that's at least three times this year so far. (laughs) And I've also been trying to get into short films more. Mm -hmm. My favorites being Two Cars, One Night by Taika Waititi. That is a really good Uh, short film. Yeah. And Curve by uh, Tim Egan, which are obviously bumping up the total quickly with their shorter run times. But between 150 and 200 films a year has been my norm since around 2017 when I really got interested in film. I'll allow shorts to bump up yeah, the, uh, sure. the list. Yeah. My favorite watches of the year so far have been Boy by Taika Waititi. Yes, I've mentioned that so many times yeah, yeah. in the show. Great, great film. Uh, the Dressmaker by Jocelyn Morehouse and mm. Fresh by Mimi Cave. Yeah, I reviewed Fresh last year. I was quite disappointed by it, but that's the one with Sebastian Stan in it and, and uh, Daisy Jones. I'd be interested to see if any of you listeners, any of your listeners have logged in a similarly ridiculous number of films to me. Yeah, that's good. If you're a letterbox user and you're listening and you think you have watched the most amount of films this year. Yeah. Give, you, give us your numbers. Give us your numbers. Break, break we down could do a league table. And be honest, 10. break down some of the ways in which you've you know, probably had to cheat to get up there. Like yeah. shorts, rewatches. Shortcuts. I don't count rewatches. When I did count them, I didn't count rewatches and I got close to 100. But if you, I was counting rewatches, I would have exceeded 100. The most I've ever done is 140 in 2020. For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Yeah. And and then because of the amount of time the show has taken up and the past few years Ironically, slightly diminished. The film podcast yes. you now do means you can't watch as many films. Um, Megan goes on to say, if you recall, I listed one of my favourite films as Denis Villeneuve's Incendies, pronounced in French, Incendie. which was his last French language Quebecois film before Prisoners and the resulting meteoric rise of of my favorite director working today. I would love as many people as possible to see this incredible film that I believe if seen by a wider audience would be up there with the best of Villeneuve's work. Incendies focuses on two stories, a mother in the past living through an unnamed Levantine conflict and her twins in the present day Canada who traveled to their mother's homeland to uncover their heartbreaking past. I referenced the chilling power, the chilling opener in my last email, uh, the use of Radiohead's You and Who's Army during the opening scene of a buzz, of buzzing a child's hair in a room full of child soldiers. It's bone chilling and I encourage you to watch this clip alone on YouTube to entice you to watch this incredibly underseen masterpiece. 
For me, it would fall into the category of love it, but could never see it again, along with Requiem for a Dream and Mother. Um, however, it's so, it is so beautifully shot. It, it deserves to, it does, doesn't, doesn't pull its punches. And with its raw storytelling, it hits you right in the gut so many times that I simply have to rewatch it time and time again. Would love, 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 love to hear your thoughts on this. I think the only reason to rewatch Mother is to show it to somebody who hasn't seen it and watch them watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just for the fun of it. Just lie to them, be like, oh yeah, you got to watch Mother. I don't know if there's something sort of twisted about me, but I, I've rewatched Requiem for a Dream loads of times. I like the kind of, dis- I, I like the roller coaster descent into hell that it is. Yeah. Um, loving the podcast, having binged all episodes in around three months. Nice. You've just gotten better and better. And whilst I've already converted my family to the Pulp <laughs> Kitchen crew, Pretty I good. will still be crediting you for providing endless entertainment as I create the family Christmas quiz, Ooh. heavily influenced by your fantastic games. As always, sirens on our end. Glad I've caught up, but sad I can now only listen to you in weekly doses. Oh. Megan in Lancaster. Megan, a great email there. I've, I'm going to add... On my letterbox yeah. right now, that's on my watch list. It'd be really sad if she was like, I've listened to you in three months and honestly, guys, getting worse. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> are getting on my over nerves. Each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, where's the food wow, gone? Wow. Okay, so where's the food gone? On letterbox, Incendies has 4.4. Oh, that's very, very high. That's high. Uh, yeah, I'm adding that to my watch list now. Thank you, Megan. George's Incendie. 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 Guys, thank you so much. For- Thank you very much for sending in your emails this week. We love to read them out. If you want to have your email read out on the show, you can send them in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we'll be reading them out. But guys, don't forget, next week is episode 100 and we are asking you to send in voice notes. You can do this on Instagram or you can send us a voice note over email. That works. I've seen someone do it. Send them in. You've be a part of the show. You've seen someone do I've it. I've seen like someone. Do it. We've got one. We've got one. Someone sent a voice note over oh, email. Great. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's possible. Um, guys, some of them have already been really good. I am very much looking forward yeah. to hearing your questions on the show. It's going to be great. Send them in. You own, it is now Wednesday when you are yes. listening to this. Assuming I get the episode out on time, which I will. Get them in before Saturday. We're recording episode 100 on Saturday. Just don't overthink it. It's just a voice note. Just out. send it in. Send it, we're not going to laugh or anything. We, we generally want to hear from you. I already had, friend, like we had friends of the show send in. And I was like, oh, they have a voice. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. just a name. They They're actually spoken. friendship. Yes, they have spoken. Shall we end with a game? I'd love to. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. George, as always, Pop Kitchen ends with a game. With a game. Today, we're sort of playing a game. It's a new thing. We've kind of done it before, but not really. It's part game, part deep psychological exercise. Oh, okay. Now, I know what everyone thinks. Podcasts, you spend time preparing your thoughts, deeply calculated. I want to see George on the spot. I don't want to see him preparing. I want to know exactly what he thinks before he knows he has to think it. You, you, but that's every week. No, today okay. it's going to be more intense. So, I want to know what you really think on a quick fire basis about films, directors, characters. So I'm going to do a very quick sort of this one or this one, and you have to say in quick fire, which one you prefer. Do I have to say why? No. Okay. So I've said ketchup or mayonnaise? Um, mayonnaise. Actually. Yeah, that's the speed. That's probably as long as you can take. Okay. Right? You've got three rounds of this. God, I'm nervous. You have to tell me what you prefer. Ready? Okay, George, quick fire. What do you prefer? Three, two, one. Friends or Seinfeld? Friends, actually. Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction. Ridley Scott or James Cameron? Ridley Scott. Arrival or Interstellar? Interstellar. Paddington 2 or Toy Story 3? <sighs> Toy Story 3. Paul Meskel or Timothy Chalamet? Paul Meskel. Before Sunset or Boyhood? Before Sunset. Pizza or Burgers? Mm, pizza. Stanley Kubrick or Francis Ford Coppola? Stanley Kubrick. Men in Black or Ghostbusters? Men in Black. Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Better Call Saul. Lady Gaga or Justin Timberlake? Uh, Gaga. Monsters Inc. or Monsters University? Monsters Inc. Robin always. Williams or Jim Carrey? Robin Williams or Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey. Tough, tough, tough. Some interesting ones. Good there. matches there. Yeah. I'm going to get burned alive for saying Friends is better than Seinfeld. <laughs> or saying I prefer it. And that's exactly why it's oh, on there. Oh, James. Um, I, feel a bit, I feel a bit like it's a bit honest there. Also, James Cameron and Ridley Scott is hard because James Cameron's made yeah. fewer films. Yeah. But I also think 
his record's better. So you'll notice some of them I paired because they're similar, mm. but also some of them I paired because they're different. And then I just thought, I thought actors, uh, actors who are musicians, I thought Lady Gaga or Justin Yeah, Dillard. I like that. I assume you were rating them in the context of their film careers. No, or was it just no, all, over? all gut, all gut, all gut. Right, you've got round two of this. Okay. Ready? George, very quick fire. You have to tell me which one you prefer. Ready? Three, two, one. The Force Awakens or Top Gun Maverick? Force Awakens, I've seen it more times. Barbie or Oppenheimer? Mm, Oppenheimer. Tim Burton or Wes Anderson? Uh, Wes Anderson. Jake Gyllenhaal or Ryan Gosling? Gyllen? No, no, Gosling, Gosling. The Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi? Sorry, it's Return of the Jedi. No, 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 actually, it's Empire Strikes Back. Okay, Roger Deakins or Emmanuel Lubetsky? Uh, Emmanuel Lubetsky. A Negroni or a cup of tea? Uh, it has to be a cup of tea, it has to be a cup of tea. <laughs> Javier Bardem or Pedro Pascal? Uh, Javier Bardem. Ice Cube or Ludacris? Uh, Ice Cube. Jared Leto or Kevin Bacon? Uh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> so sure. Shia LaBeouf or Mark Wahlberg? Uh, Wahlberg. Last one, Harrison Ford or Tom Cruise? Harrison Ford. Oh, interesting. Because he's got more, I think he's got more... Both long-term actors yeah. who've got a lot of variety in their yeah. career, but I just feel like I think... He's got a depth of wisdom in mm. Harrison Ford. Tom Cruise you know isn't a human. I could, I, I feel like I could sit across from a table from Harrison Ford. <laughs> Tom Cruise. And just about manage. But yeah. with Tom Cruise, he is the room. I like Seth Rogen's bit where he was like, I was given an option to have Tom Cruise tell me about Scientology, but I was slightly concerned that I wouldn't be able to resist. <laughs> yeah. And that like I would be a doctor. Yeah, when they reveal that all the people of power are lizards, Tom Cruise will definitely be one of them. I mean... If it's true, I don't want this going out. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, God. last round. Are you oh, enjoying I'm, it? I'm, I am, but I'm worried. I'm going to get burned alive. <laughs> you don't um, know what you've said. I, I think people are going to be like, listen to this basic guy. mayonnaise guy, <laughs> white bread, cookie cutter <laughs> nonsense. Last round. George? Very, George? It's very personal, quick. this quiz. It is, yeah. You know? I, I need to do the same for you because yeah. I, I feel like do I'm... It. It's, it's better to not have to over-explain. You do realise these videos will be used by people to either follow or unfollow us. <laughs> yes. And they'll go, oh, oh, oh. Empire Strikes Back, really? That guy. Mm. George, quick fire. Tell me which you prefer. In three, two, one. Guillermo del Toro or Paul Thomas Anderson? Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Jamie Foxx or Will Smith? Uh, Will Smith? Daniel Kaluuya no, or Robert uh, Pattinson? Uh, 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 Robert Pattinson. Tom Hanks or Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, Hanks. Black Swan or Her? Black Swan. Thor or The Hulk? Uh, Hulk in terms of like, I, he's more iconic. Ariasta or Robert Eggers? Robert Eggers. Cheese or chocolate? Cheese. James McAvoy or Michael Fassbender? Michael Fassbender. Star-Lord or Tony Stark? Star-Lord. Michael Bay or Roland Emmerich? Michael ba uh, Roland Emmerich. Rowan Atkinson or Hugh Laurie? Rowan Atkinson. Whiplash or The Prestige? Quick. Prestige. Last one. Marriage Story or Call Me By Your Name? Marriage Story. I hope everyone appreciates that I put one food in every single round. <laughs> the Negroni and tea one was really hard. Yeah, that was, that was the hardest Do you know I got one. my own, I, I've, I bought my own vermouth the other day and, and, and Campari nice. and stuff and like got, I got a nice bottle of vermouth and I made, hey, I've made- You bloody uh, love a Negroni. And they're so easy to make. Yeah. So easy that now when I go out, I'm like, I can't order one because they're so easy, they're so to, easy make. to make. Yeah. And, but I've got it lovely. I've got the cup I remember learning to make it in a bar. I was like, that's it. But it's really nice. I can't stand them. Why? I know we've had this discussion before. I just, I just don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. They're lovely. They're, they're sort Ugh. of sweet, but sour, but bitter, no. but, but warm, but gross. Yeah. I remember making it for the first time when I learned cocktails in the pub. I've seen the amount of ketchup you put on something. That is, yeah, that's, that's got nothing to do with the gross. That's got nothing to do with the gross. I tried it. I was just like, I, was, I remember seeing ingredients that were like, it was like a kid had been loose with like the chemicals. No, no, I like how restrained it is. Three, three ingredients. No, I just, I just can't measures. get it. It's not weird to dislike Negronis. A lot of people are no, a bit of a Marmite drink. No, it's also like, it's just, it's, you dislike a drink. It's, it's, not that, it's not that weird. If you yeah. said you dislike, if you told me you don't drink water, I'd find that weird. Oh, yeah, they'd be dead. No, oh, no, no, I, no sure. I know people, people who like just, I've never, oh, oh, yeah, in my old weird. company, my, my, my boss was like in his 60s. I never saw him have a glass of water. What did he drink? Coffee? Coffee, tea, juice. No, 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 not even juice. Coffee or tea. But did he say, I don't like the taste of water? I said to him, I said, I never see you drink a glass of water. And he was like, oh, yeah. He was like, oh, just don't. I think it's a generational thing. I think because yeah. water used to be shit. 
and, and uh, probably, right, yeah. you know, I don't think you could just drink. We all have ice. water bottles now that we take out with us. Yeah. More water conscious. Coddled we are. Coddled. Uh, sucking on the teeth ridiculous. of water bottles. I want to try those. Uh, it's not sponsored, but it's like it, you put water in your in your thing and then the nozzle is flavored, but oh. it's just a smell thing. Right. So it's not actually like putting sugar water. in your water. Apparently it's good. No, Apparently why, why would you want flavoured water? Because then I would think, oh, great, this is a soft drink. And you're well, like, if you no. want to reach out and prove George wrong, please uh, send us or whatever that company is that makes the flavoured smell water. Get in touch. I feel <laughs> a bit exposed with those answers. I feel like I've been... You don't even know what you I said. I feel like I've come suggested. out of the shower and you've immediately like sprung... Like, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I feel a bit naked and I'm worried. Don't judge me on my answers, guys. <laughs> you don't even remember what you said. No, I don't remember what I said, really. How did you like the pairings? Did you enjoy them? They were pretty... I don't know about the prestige and whiplash. I just don't associate... They, they were meant to be random. I think They're if you said whiplash and Black Swan, that would have been better. I put them down as two films, which I know you think are great. The prestige... I think the, the reason I, I that was the only thing I put. The reason I paused was because I have seen the Prestige more times and I love it, but the Whiplash I've seen more recently. But really, it's the Prestige, mm. which someone said the other day was overrated and broke. I know, show. I know. I had to wash my hands afterwards. It's terrible. No, but actually, it's been five years since the last one's Prestige, so who knows? I might watch it soon and go, James. All sure. those hats, load of nonsense. I think that I know you and I both love Jim Carrey, mm. but Robin Williams to me is also right up there. Yeah, of course, he's brilliant. I saw a great clip of him doing a branded ad. And they're trying to get Robin Williams to deliver three lines, but he just keeps sketching yeah. well, internally. Watched, so basically, and it's inside the actor studio is amazing. If you've ever seen it, go watch it. I, I'm in the process of re. I, I, I've, I'll talk about this on a bonus at some point. Basically, I, I'm rewatching. I've rewatched. No, I've basically watched. A, I've never. I've never watched Friends all the way through. Right, ever yes. in my life. I've seen sporadic episodes. I'm a bit like how you are with The Simpsons, right? Yeah, yeah. Sporadic. Uh, you've probably seen... Uh, you, you know, uh, you, yeah. You've seen a lot of The Simpsons, but not since you were a kid, right? Sure. And sure. that was like me. So I, I decided to watch ever it. watched Friends through. No, I've never surprised. all the way through. So that's what I've been doing over the past like six months. Mm. And uh, I will, I will re- give my feedback on that in a bonus episode at some point. Could right? you be but, any more elusive with that? Yeah, great. And, and, but I just watched the episode with... Billy Crystal and Robin Williams were there in it. Do you uh, remember? And yes, it's in the cold open. Yeah. But it's like, obviously Billy Crystal, hilarious as well, but the two of them together and Robin Williams is just such fun, like so alive. And it's like for, thir- for the two minutes that they're on screen, the show stops. Friends, yeah, yeah. Friends is, is no longer on. Like it, yeah. the whole illusion is kind of broken, or but or kind of transcended. It's no, you're no longer in a sitcom. Yeah. The show doesn't exist. These aren't characters. William it's Crystal just this show. kind of exciting uh, fire in the middle here, and it's mm. all worth it because it's so entertaining. Just seeing those two there, be be, be yeah. almost almost just just shy of taking the piss. Yeah, they're they're, they're so much. There the yeah, day, so they're so much bigger than the show is. Yeah. But they're there, and I just find it like a really weird, like because Friends is such a big show, such a big phenomenon. But then you have this like even bigger presence come in, mm. these two actors together, Titans, and then walk off. And I'm like, wow, it was like someone paused the show for a bit, yeah, and then resumed it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. It is next week will be our 100th episode, which hey, is crazy. We've got 99 episodes, but the problems aren't. Uh, numerous but we've got one yeah next year next we hit three digits next week people guys don't forget we post new episodes of this show every single wednesday could you forget and please continue to like subscribe follow us on social media (laughs) you're like a pastor follow us i've got to change the delivery every so often because people people will get so used to it of the latter day if you could follow us please on the uh please follow us and engage like subscribe comment send it to your friends add it to your story we really really appreciate it and it does keep us going thank you like and subscribe youtube has updated itself whereas now when we say like and subscribe the like and subscribe buttons glow (gasps) automatically so like and subscribe is your youtube glowing if you're watching on youtube i don't know everyone is but isn't that cool that's really cool yeah what's really cool 100 episodes 100 episodes see you next week (laughs) 